Welcome back to the crib. Today is going to be a Nuggets of Gold 49ers segment. Now, if you haven't heard the name change, we are adding some more NFL draft, NFL topics, and we are also going to keep our 49ers podcast. Um, you can either listen to this on the YouTube channel to the crib, or you can listen to it on the podcast platform at Nuggets of Gold. So today we're going to be talking about all of the 49ers uh, free agents. And we're going to be going over a few positions, a few just like kind of miscellaneous guys. Like for instance, Kwaski Tart is, he's not the only free agent in the, in the secondary, but he's the only like safety that we really want to focus on today. So we're not going to go through every single guy, but we're going to try to get the, the main guys. And we're going to talk about wh who we think what they should sign, who they should let walk and just kind of go over price ranges and stuff like that. So to, to get this one started out, let's talk about the D line a position group that was immensely important for the 49ers. And you have a bunch of free agents this year. Now, a couple of the guys are restricted free agents, so they're likely to be back. But there are some notable names and some guys that maybe NFL-wise are a little bit slept on, um, but very, very good players and very, very important players down the stretch for the 49ers. So on this list, the big names, DJ Jones, Arden Key, they were huge down the stretch. You also have Jordan Willis, who provided a lot at the end of the season. Uh, Contavious Street, who played a larger role at the beginning of the year. Uh, Mo Hurst, who was hurt all year. And then Kevin Givens. I believe Kevin Givens is a restricted free agent. But, you know, that's three, three four interior guys, a couple edge guys as well. Like, that's a lot of names of guys that were in the rotation last year. So this is going to be a position group where you're either going to have to re-sign a bunch of guys and end up increasing your, your payroll in that position group. Or you're going to have to let some of these guys walk and potentially and just try to hit on guys in the draft or hit on other free agents. So, Aiden, we're taking a look at this group. Who Who's the guy that you have to bring back out of this group? I don't think out of this group there's a guy that you need to necessarily bring back. I think that DJ Jones is super-duper solid, but he may have played himself out of what the Niners want to pay. Um, as a nose tackle, he's not an every down guy and noses around the league really aren't paid a ton anyway. Um, I'm not sure what that market valuation looks like, but he's a very, very solid nose tackle. He makes plays for, for the 49ers every single week. Um, like I would love to, to, to see him back. Uh, but I think that you have other guys that you could slide into that spot, uh, who are, are not going to have the impact that DJ Jones did, but are, are going to be passable. Um, and then the rest are just depth guys like Arden key was super duper solid down the stretch. Yes, but they got him off, off the street. And we've seen them time and time again, bring in guys who I've, I've never heard of as a huge NFL fan. And they turn them into productive players all the time from other teams that get released. And, um, I, I have complete faith that they're going to, that, that they're going to continue to, to do that. Um, and their hits in, in the past, the, the trade for Omenahu gives them so much flexibility this year. He could walk into that Arden key role. Uh, so while, while the D line is super duper important for the Niners, and I think that they're going to take a, a D lineman higher than a lot of people think. Um, I don't think that there's anybody that you need, need to, to bring back. Uh, we're going to talk about it a lot more for these offensive players, but the, the dolphins I think are, are going to be our, our main competition for signing a, a lot of these guys, but that's mostly going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. Like I'm, I'm just interested as, as a fan to see how, how much money DJ Jones commands. Cause I know how, how good he is. I think he's absolutely amazing, 
uh, and the Niners would want to have him at, at the right price. And I think that's the same for everyone, but um, even if they, they, they were to bring back nobody, I would feel fine given their, their success at pulling random guys off, off the road. Yeah. I think one thing that's worth mentioning is there's a lot of guys that could potentially be in the 49ers range that play interior D line roles or either one techs, nose tackles, three techs, you know, you usually one in three techs, you rarely see like a true guy who's only playing zero, who's only playing like heads up on the center. Um, now DJ Jones does that sometimes, but a lot of times he is the Niners one. Um, Arden key on the other hand is a guy that brings a ton of versatility. And we saw some of the packages that the Niners use for their defensive line. They would bring Arden key inside and they'd bring Arden key and Nick Bosa inside. And they do a bunch of crazy stuff with these guys. Um, and so for that reason, I do think Arden Key is a guy that you really need to bring back um, just because it's really rare that you find a guy that you can flip-flop inside and outside. Like it, That's something that's a lot harder. You look at DJ Jones, guess what? You're not going to see DJ Jones playing on the tackle. You're just not going to see that. Jordan Willis, they could kick Jordan Willis in a little bit, but he's way more valuable off the edge. Arden Key can legitimately play both those spots, and he had a ton of pass rush production from the uh, from the inside. And to me, that's probably where that I'm kind of wondering, all right, where the 49ers are going to get this production next year when you look at a guy who gets a ton of sacks inside, DJ Jones is a free agent. Arden Key is a free agent. Now, Eric Armstead can play inside, but he also plays a lot uh, outside. You look at Samson Ebukam, Nick Bosa, like you got the main edge guys kind of there, but interior-wise, Javon Kinlaw's coming back. We don't know how much you got out of him. So for this group, I would say that Arden Key is probably a guy I have to bring back only because I think they can get him back in like a two-year, $8 million deal. I think it's going to be pretty cheap. I think DJ Jones is going to make more money than Arden Key. I think someone will offer him a two-year, $12 million deal, somewhere around that. And I don't think like they can't bring DJ Jones back. He's going to price himself out. It's too much. But I do find it – I do think it's very likely that they let DJ Jones walk just because I think there are a few guys uh, upcoming in this draft, and maybe this is a guy that they do take in round one. Everyone would lose their mind if they did that. But I think that there's a chance that they let DJ Jones walk, and then they draft someone to replace him um, in that you know nose tackle, one tech kind of role. I'm not necessarily for them doing that, but the one guy I got to see back is Arden Key. Um, and then to, to bring up the other couple guys, Jordan Willis, I think it just depends on price. I think you definitely could bring bring him back. Uh, when the Niners traded, what was it, a seventh-round pick? Or did they switch? They swapped seventh? It was like basically nothing to get this guy in 2020. And he's been a, he's been a great player for the 49ers. Uh, you got Contavious Street. I don't know if he's going to be back. Mo Hurst, Kevin Givens. Not really sure where they're at, but they're more depth players than anything. So I'm not super concerned about those three. But DJ Jones, Arden Key, Jordan Willis, they were huge down the stretch this year for the 49ers. And when the team – when when Nick Bosa was getting double, triple teamed all the time, these guys were able to win one-on-one battles very, very often. Um, now, the one thing I will add to this is DJ Jones is so much better than Arden Key in the run game. So I know people are like, if you're going to say you're going to go with Arden Key just from the past, like you got to talk about the run game. He is a great player. And I think DJ Jones has been one of the Niners' most underrated defensive linemen for quite some time. In 2019, this guy was huge for their defensive line success. Um, and he got hurt late in the year, and that was that was a huge loss for them. Um, I would like to see DJ Jones and Arden Key back. I think it's gonna gonna be that they have to pick one or the other, and I think Arden Key is going to be a little cheaper, and that's why I ultimately think they're gonna bring him back. 
One other thing to note, look at how much they prioritized bringing back Eric Armstead because of the flexibility that he provides on that defensive line. So that's why if I had to guess, I would probably go Arden Key. If you're able to bring DJ Jones back, if he can sign a, a team-friendly deal, I'm all for it. But I just don't know if that's going to happen. Do you, wh- who would you kind of lean then bring, end up bringing back? Uh, if I'm the, the Niners, probably Key, because I think that you hit it right on the head. He's, he's going to be cheaper. Uh, and I would look at trying to play Kinlaw in that one technique nose because that's a guy that we haven't even talked about. He was our first-round pick two, two years ago, um, supposed to replace Buckner. And Armstead really just took his, his job. Uh, I would be very surprised if they move Armstead back outside, like how, how he was playing at the beginning of, of the year because he was so good inside. Um, at the at the end so I think you see if you can get anything out of Kinlaw at that nose at that one uh, he and DJ Jones are built like completely inverse uh, so it, it'd be interesting to see how he does I don't know if, if he can do it uh, but that's another reason why you sign the the edge guy because you have a, a former first round pick coming back hopefully hopefully it's not a, a D Ford situation where we may never see him again um, I think Kinlaw has a good amount of un, untapped potential. He hasn't been able to stay super duper healthy, but um, I think the fact that we haven't heard anything is probably a good thing because we were hearing stuff about D four that was bad. Um, so excited to see him back. And that's another reason why DJ Jones could potentially go. But if, if we had all the money, I think that you bring back all of them. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, but I do think that for those reasons, like for, for the flexibility, I think that's why Arden Key is probably priority one and DJ Jones is probably priority two. Um, and I, I don't really know how, how Niner fans feel about that. I think a lot of people definitely want to see DJ Jones back. I mean, he's been great. It's hard It's hard to argue against it. But I just think that some, some other team is going to go, hey, we don't have a guy to play this role. This dude is super underrated. And he's been a great piece for the Niners for the last few years. So we want to we want to steal him for you know five plus million or six million bucks, whatever it is, um, on a on a multi year deal. So I, I think that could definitely happen. Um, but with that said, time to shift gears a little bit. Talk about a guy in Jaquaski Tart. So Jaquaski Tart last year did not make much money. He only signed. He only made. 1 million, 1.5 million, I want to say. It was a very, very cheap deal. Yeah, 1.127 million dollars on his deal. So very, very cheap. Didn't sign for a lot. Um, I don't think that's gonna be the same this year. I think a lot of that was just because of just like the weirdness of of the 2020 season and all that. Kwaski Tart is now 30 years old. And I think it's I think we've all been kind of expecting the Niners to move on from him for the last like two, three years. He's a solid player. I think some 49er fans are a little too high on him. I also think some 49er fans are a little too low on him. But when you look around the league at safety, there's a lot of guys that are average safeties, solid players, but they're not necessarily difference makers. And it's really hard if you don't have a guy that's just an average safety, if you have a bad safety playing in the secondary, if you have a guy that isn't like Waski Tart, that doesn't fill the run lanes well, and is just lost all the time, you're going to struggle. You're going to have breakdowns in the secondary. And what we've noticed is when Kwaski and Jimmy Ward are healthy, that does not happen. So if you can bring Kwaski back for anything under three, $4 million, I don't even think the 49ers will hesitate. I think they will go straight into that deal. And they'll say, yes, Kwaski, let's sign this deal. Let's get it done. 
and maybe they draft a guy, but if you're going in with no insurance policy at your at one of your safety spots, that is a very, very scary thing. And I know people have said, oh, Tavares Moore, he was pushing Kwaski for that role. Tavares Moore just tore his Achilles, and in 2020, he had a bunch of mental breakdowns in the back in, in, in the backfield, like just complete lapses in the secondary. So I don't I don't know how confident I am in him coming back, one being healthy, one being at that same speed and taking over a role when Kowalski has been healthy. He's done a really, really good job in it. So I expect him to be back. I don't think it's going to be that much money. And I think ultimately you might, you might see them draft a guy and just kind of be in, in, in the waiting for that job. But if you can just keep bringing Kowalski back on one year, one year deals, it's going to be really hard for the 49ers to say, Oh no, we don't want to sign Kowalski for $3 million. Because that is such a bargain for the for for the NFL and the safety market. So you you on the same boat in that one? It, the exact same thing. Um, I don't think that he's going to command. I I'd be surprised if he even gets three three million. I think he's he's good enough to get it. But um, the safety market is so weird. A guy like Jamal Adams is paid a ton and gets criticized. And a guy like Jesse Bates, I don't even think he's he's going to get a contract. I think he's he's going to get tagged. Um, it's really like the the safety just landscape is really interesting um and not a whole lot of people need safeties i think the jets are really the only real competition that we're going to have for them they had an awful uh really just entire defensive back room uh last year and i could see sala trying to bring him in uh but he's another guy who i think is correct me if i'm wrong i think he's over 30 have it in front of me he's I like just 30 his name just also, 30. The Jets, Marcus May's a free agent as well. So, yeah, but it's one of the, like, I think that he's at a point in his career where he understands he's not going to be the guy that plays until he's 40 years old. I think he knows that if he wants to, that if he wants to win, the Niners are the best place for him to, to do it, which is a, a good thing for, for the Niners. I think that gives them a bit of a discount. Uh, but they do have, if, if for some reason the, the Jets offer him, five or six million. And he's like, I can't turn that down. I think that they have enough people. They, they drafted Hufunga in, in the fifth round last year, he came and played big snaps down, down the stretch. He played during that Packers game. Um, just actual like defensive snaps. Uh, I think Moore is solid. He's, he's not a guy that when, when they, they trot out, I am like super, super confident that he's going to do the right thing every time. But he's an NFL safety. Like he's going to be fine, um, and I think that they should draft someone. I think that that they will. Uh, they brought in a couple of veteran guys last year. I could see them bringing in one of them again, a guy like a Tony Jefferson or uh, I, I forget the other name, uh, Adrian Wilson. I think um, a guy like that just for depth. Say say Kwaski leaves, but I think that Kwaski is a starting caliber safety. He should be back but the most that i'm paying is probably 2.5 um i but and and i I would be surprised if he gets offered over that yeah i mean that could definitely be the case um also not adrian wilson tavon wilson he's also a free agent he's the he's the other safety that's a free agent for the niners as well okay um and yeah same kind of thing like he's had and like that's another guy like he's in his 30s he's played a, a bounced around the league solid player you know just like not like a crazy difference maker but he's a solid player so i I do think ultimately they're going to look at it and go okay this is 
pretty obvious we have to bring Kowalski back. It's it's a cheap deal, and we have a starting caliber player at this price. You're not going to beat that. So that's why I do think they will bring him back. Uh, looking in the other second parts of the secondary room at corner, there are four guys that are free agents at, in the cornerback room. Uh, the weakest position group, I would say, of the Niners over the full course of the season at the end of the year looked a lot better. A um, couple older guys, Jason Verrett, Kwan Williams, Josh Norman, I guess they're older guys, and Dante Johnson are your free agents there. So Josh Norman, I'll start with him. I, I don't think he'll be back. I would be completely shocked if he was a 49er next year. Um, I, I highly, highly, highly doubt that's the case. Dante Johnson, if I'm going to say Dante Johnson's not going to be back, I, I'm just lying to myself. I mean, come on, the dude's been here for like 50 years at this point. Dante Johnson is always on the 49ers roster. Um, maybe he won't start on the roster. Maybe he'll be a practice squad guy, but he will he will play some snaps for the Niners. I it, It's happened so many years in a row, it's hard to to bet against it. Um, but then looking at Jason Brett, K1 Williams, it definitely seems like the plan was to have Diamador Lenore step into K1's role and also have Ambry Thomas step into Jason Verrett's role. Now, you look at the beginning of the season, you go, Diamador Lenore is already looking like he's that guy. Then he ends up struggling a little bit, gets benched, doesn't really play down the stretch. Amber Thomas, exact opposite situation. Struggles in the beginning, doesn't have a role. Josh Norman starting over him. Dante Johnson starting over him. And then boom, he gets an opportunity, struggles a lot at first, and consistently gets better. And did get beat quite a bit by Odell Beckham in that last game, but definitely showed a lot of promise in that back into the back half of the season. So do you think either of these guys is going to be back next year, considering that Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore are in this cornerback room? I would be very surprised if K1 is back. I think that he makes the the Niners a, a better defense. He's one of the better nickel guys in, in the entire league, but the Niners love versatility, and he can't play outside. Uh, Demo can. He can do nickel. He can play outside. Um so just I, I I think that that they like guys that can do it, like everything. You can put E man in in the slot if if needed. Um, I just think Verrett is going to be so cheap that no one else is really going to offer him. It's what his fourth major injury in six years. Um, like he why why not offer him whatever a million um, and be like come and be a a forty nine er again. Uh, he'd be a great depth piece. Third, fourth corner would be awesome. Uh, I just think someone's going to pay K1 uh, a little bit more than what we're willing to spend. And we have a dude already waiting for him and other dudes that could play in there. Um, so I think it's much more likely that, that we bring back uh, Barrett over, over K1. And, and I know for a fact the cockroach is, is, is going to be back. Dante Johnson is the, the cockroach. He will be on the the Niners roster, practice squad, active roster, doesn't matter, week one next year. (laughs) I would put my life on that. (laughs) No, it is. I like that you say the cockroach because he's literally always there. It's hilarious. Um, One thing that's kind of interesting to note is that Jason Verrett and K1 Williams are both 30, and they're actually almost the same exact age as well. Um, Jason Verrett last year made $5.5 million. I would be very surprised if anyone offers him over $2 million. I'd be shocked if that was the case. On the other hand, K1 Williams made $2.3 million. I would be very surprised if, if he wasn't offered over $3, $4 million for a couple-year deal. 
them both being 30, though, it's a lot different because Jason Verrett has had so many injuries where K1 still has been playing really well. He's not going to go out there and build the clamp Cooper Cup. No, no one is, all right? And so I think a lot of people f- feel like it was like kind of like a sour taste in their mouth, like, oh, like K1 got, got smoked in that last game. Everyone got smoked by Cooper Cup last year. That's not his job. His job is to not is to not go in there and man up on Cooper Cup. He got beat on a couple couple bad ones. The wheel route was the one I think that was really tough. Um, but it's gonna happen. I'm I'm not like putting that into consideration for if you want to bring K1 back. I think ideally you want to bring both Jason Brett and K1 back. But we brought up the Jets. We brought up other teams that are are missing a, a good slot corner, and. He could easily be offered a two-year five or sorry, two-year ten million dollar, ten million dollar plus deal somewhere else. And he's taken so many small offers for the Niners that I think that he might end up doing that. Uh just at his age, um, doesn't probably have a ton left in the tank, but still is gonna be playing some good football for the next few years. Um so I also agree with you. I think that it's more likely that they bring Jason Brett back. And maybe they don't. Maybe they look at Jason Brett and they have him work out and they're like, you can't move anymore. And Jason Brett could even retire if that's the case, which is really, really sad because in 2020, he had such a good year. He was amazing in man coverage. He had a bunch of great plays um, and was was honestly one of the better players on that 49ers defense that had so many injuries. And him and Fred were like just outstanding play- players that year. So it's tough because Jason Verrett, you you don't know. He's had so many knee injuries, so many Achilles, like just everything uh, in his lower body. So hopefully he's back. One year around league minimum, I think is very likely for him. But K1 Williams, what is, I think what it's really going to come down to is because I do think they will offer him. But I think what it's going to come down to is, do you want to play for the 49ers? for half the money that you're going to make for a different team, like the jets, whoever it is that is trying to get better and get some vets in the room that can kind of start building that culture and that, that defense up. Um, and that's going to be the big question with K1 Williams. So I think that yes to Verrett, assuming that he's somewhat healthy, right. That he's not like, doesn't look like completely cooked and K1 Williams, I think is going to be completely up to him. So we'll see on that one. Um, also, the Niners don't have a ton of money to work with too. So that's another aspect. And this is like, you're going to have to like start losing some guys. Um, but I don't think that either of these guys for what the Niners are going to offer is going to like price them out where they're like, Oh, we can't offer $3 million to K one. Like I think they definitely can. Um, but a- anything else you want to add on the corners before we start talking about the offensive line? Yeah, I think a, a name to keep in mind is DJ Reed. Um, he was with Seattle the, the past couple years. He's a free agent. Um, he's a guy who I think if, if we're, if, if we look at Cooper cup and we're like, this guy's going to torch us for the next five to to 10 years, let's get somebody who can potentially be, be an upgrade over K1. Uh, he's another guy who I think is perfectly suited to play the slot, but can play outside if, if needed. Um, he, he was a niner. Uh, everyone was a little bit surprised when he got released and he's been very, very good with, with Seattle. Uh, so he's a name to watch out for, I think, if if K1 goes and they look to upgrade rather than uh, promoting Demo in, in-house. I like that idea a lot. Uh, he's a guy that kind of, he got a couple picks against the Niners recently, and it was like, oh, dude, shit, hung on to that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. Um, so offensive line, three names, three guys that started the majority of the season last year are all free agents, which 
in my mind, is one of the scariest things about all the stuff we've discussed. You can lose, you can end up retaining DJ Jones, Arden Key, Jason Verrett, K1 Williams, Tart, all those guys. And if you have really, really poor offensive line play and you have a much different offensive line, it's going to get tough. So you have Lakin Tomlinson. He's 30 years old. He could probably make a pretty good amount of money on a three-year deal. Brunskill, I believe Brunskill is a restricted free agent, but someone could offer, you know, someone could offer him a good amount. I think Brunskill will be back. Tom Compton, Tom Compton stepped into that right tackle role, and he definitely wasn't better in the run game than Mike McGlinchey. But in pass pro, we saw how much McGlinchey struggled early on. And I felt like it was an upgrade when he was in there in terms of, of the passing offense. Running wise, I mean, McGlinchey's a very, very good run blocker. And I think that his struggles in the past game kind of overshadow that, I guess. Um, but these are three guys that I would like to see them all back. However, I find it very, very hard to believe that the 49ers are going to pay Lakin Tomlinson. One, we talked about that they don't have a lot of money, but also. Lincoln might, Lincoln might get like a three-year, $24-plus million deal. Like he could make a good amount of money. He could make $8 million, somewhere in that range. Because since the 49ers traded for him, um, and he was, you know, a first round, he was a first round bust by the Lions, gets traded for almost nothing to the Niners. He's been great. He has been the rock of the offensive line. He's the only guy that you can say in the Shanahan era that has been the rock of the offensive line. And if they lose him and they also lose Brunskill or Compton or whatever it is, you're going to be losing out on two guys that were starting in this offensive line. And all of a sudden you go, one of one of the, the biggest like upgrades last offseason into 2021 was, oh, you got Mac, you got, you know, you got all these guys healthy, you draft Aaron, Aaron Banks, and all of a sudden you go, okay, well, Aaron Banks did not look good. Apparently look, he looked horrible in camp. If you have Aaron Banks starting and you have Michael Gunshi starting and his question that you know how questionable he's been in pass pro, and you don't really have someone backing them up, and maybe Brunskill is starting at guard. I think the offensive line, I, I think it almost becomes a little bit of a liability where you're going, okay, well, our left guard might be Aaron Banks and he might not be a good player. We don't know that. It's like that's an unknown at this point, right? We don't know the step he's gonna take. And we have Mike McGinchy coming back, who's going to be hoping to have a bounce back year, but he definitely struggled a lot because I was hoping he was going to have that bounce back here in 2021. And yes, he got hurt, but that was not the case up to the point of the injury. So it could get really scary for the Niners offensive line. And that is not what you want to see for Trey Lance. One thing I kind of wonder if they could do, and we're going to talk about this later in the offseason, so I won't get too into it. If they went and, and signed a tackle or drafted a tackle or something and kicked McGinchy inside, I know he's very, very tall, and that's kind of frowned upon. I think it could help the 49ers, though, if they don't want to pay Lincoln Tomlinson. But for this free agent room, do you think they're going to be able to bring all these three guys back? I would be shocked if Lincoln Tomlinson is not a, a Dolphin uh, next year. I think that's where he's going to sign. I think that they're going to give him two, three year. I think the that's a perfect number, 24 million, eight-ish million per, per year. Uh, he's a great culture guy. I know that McDaniel wants to bring culture guys over to, to Miami, especially with how Flores left. Uh, so, pro and even, even if they were the exact same price, I would honestly argue that Brunskill is more important than Lakin to the Niners offensive line because his ability to play center is going to be huge. Alex Mack is old. 
He could not be he, like he, he he could retire this year. That is a major question mark. Um, and Brunsko's ability to, to play center, to play guard, either guard, um, I think is so, so big uh, for this entire Niners team. I think he would be the best sixth offensive lineman in, in the league, just based off versatility. Um, but I'm fully expecting him to be the right guard going into next year. I hope, I, I hope Mac is, is back. Um, and I think Aaron Banks is going to be fine at, at left guard. They were trying to sandwich him into right guard, uh, but he was a left guard during college. Uh, so I think kicking back to his college spot will only help him. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, I think the reason that we didn't see Aaron Banks nearly as as much is because the guards stayed super duper healthy last year. Lakin was a fringe pro pro bowler. Brunskill, I feel like, never misses a game. Um, Compton, I also expect to be back. And we we mentioned it with the defensive line, but Kyle has a way of finding offensive linemen that nobody else wants that just end up sticking around, end up being solid, productive players. McKivitz came in and started that, that, that Week 18 game, the must-win, uh, and played pretty well. The Niners won that game. Um, so he's another guy who could potentially play, play tackle. Um, I just have a lot of faith in this regime to not absolutely destroy Lance. I think that they saw what, what, what happened to, to Burrow. Uh, and understand that that the offensive line is super duper important. Um, yeah, that's that's basically what it boils down to. I don't think I think Lakin will like. I would I would love to have Lakin back. I think that he's a fantastic player, but I think that he's going to be a a dolphin uh, just based off price point and what he can offer to them off of the field. The Niners already have that, uh, but I think Brunskill needs to be back, and you hope Compton comes back and. I think that they'll draft a guy, they'll bring in two other veterans, um, and it'll be a, a strength for the Niners moving forward. And and how how easy would it be for Banks to slide next to Trent Williams rather than McGlinchey? Like, he's he's going to make your, your job a little bit easier. That's true. I mean, and that's a very good point, and I do think ultimately that's what the 49ers will do. I think that they're going to let Lake and Tomlinson walk, and I think Aaron Banks is going to be the left guard next year. And I think, I think we already know the offensive line. I think it's going to be Williams, Banks, um, Mac, Brunskill, McGlinchey. That's what I expect it to be. I'm still concerned, but also at the same time, if I'm in the 49ers position, I would not resign Lake and Tomlinson on a three-year, $24 million deal. I do not think it's worth it to, especially where they're at in terms of their cap space. They don't have a ton of money. They have multiple extensions to make for guys that are huge difference makers in Nick Bosa, um, Debo Samuel, like that's gonna, that's where your money needs to go. Um, also, front loading some of those deals. So when Trey Lance, when you hope he signs an extension, they're not making a ton of money. Like that's another aspect of it. So I, I think that ultimately, it's tough because you don't want to just let a good player walk. But we also have to remember, like, look at what good organizations do. Look at what the Ravens did for so many years. They would let guys that were good solid and good players walk they would sign their great to star players and when those good to solid players uh, left and signed pretty big deals they take those comp picks and they'd make the best out of them and what we've seen is that the 49ers have been getting a bunch of comp picks because of because of coaches or management getting hired to other to other places but also free agent wise like they let Kendrick Bourne walk and look what they did they went and they got Jawan Jennings who played a similar role last year 
So I definitely think that's something. And, and also on that note, like KB was good still. Like he was good. He was great for the Patriots. It wasn't like then I was like, oh yeah, this guy just sucks now. Like I don't expect Lakin Tomlinson to leave and just be a bad player. I think he's still going to be solid. Um, but I don't know if it's worth it to go and sign a guard for a three-year, $24 million deal when you need to put money in other places um, and when you potentially have a guy in, kind of in the waiting in Aaron Banks. So I don't expect him to do it. Um, and I and I think that's the right call on that one as well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at there. Um, final thing to final kind of group to talk about, I guess, are the skill players. Now, this isn't a re-signing Debo Samuel. This isn't one of those. There's a bunch of guys that are older or role players or depth pieces. And we just wanted to quickly go over the guys that are currently or last year were 49ers. They're free agents. Should they bring these guys back? We got Raheem Mostert, we got Trent Sherfield, Jeff Wilson, Mohamed Sanu, and Ross Dwelly. Those were the notable names that I grabbed. Um, Aiden, any of these guys you want to bring back? Anyone that you really think, oh yeah, you got to bring that guy back? I think Mostert could be a huge difference maker in this offense moving forward. He has like the most game-breaking speed that I've ever seen out of a running back. Like I, he's he's fast, yes, but he's faster than people like expect him to be, even after running against him like twenty times earlier that game. It's 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 a little bit like what Debo does. People don't expect Debo to be as physical as he is play in play out, but he runs through people's faces every single time. And for some reason, they think this time this is going to be the time that he that he jukes me out. No, he's going to run through your face every time. Um, I think that he would bring something really interesting in that read option game with with Lance. Uh, two or two or or th- three times a year, you could count on a seventy yard Moster touchdown. Um, he just can never be the feature guy. Now that you got Mitchell, he doesn't need to be. Like you can run him ten ish times a game. He'll score five six times that that year with what is that like one hundred fifty carries because because he's, he's going to get hurt at some point. Um, I think Juwan Jennings will be back. I think Sherfield will be back. He's a guy who has good good chemistry with Lance, and I don't expect him to jump ship because he hasn't really been with the Niners that long. Um, in terms of other running backs, who is it? Is Jeff Wilson a, run, a, a question mark? Yeah, he's a free agent. Kane. He's a guy that I could see leave for the Dolphins. Um, he's a guy that fits what they want to do, what McDaniel knows they want to do um and like doesn't need to learn a, a a whole lot and could arguably be the feature guy over there they have like miles gaskin and salvan ahmed like not not big names i could see him going there for two years four four million and rushing for 900 yards next year um and looking like a very decent signing for them um but i said all those positive things about Mostert. i could see him going somewhere else but I, I think that he wants to be a, a niner and he understands that he's never going to get that, that big contract because of his injury history. And this is his best chance to win a ring to not get hurt. Uh, Cause he's not gonna have to carry the ball a ton. Um, who else was there? Dwelly. Dwelly is interesting. Cause I think that they're going to draft a, a tight end regardless. Dwelly like Shanahan wants a really solid tight end too. Dwelly has not been that guy yet. Um, they have Warner to block. Um, but he's never really going to develop into anything other than that, at least at, at, at this point. So he's a guy, I, I could see them bring back Dwelly because no one's going to pay him something crazy. Um, but the offense was weird last year because 
that was the reason we lost the Rams game. We didn't score enough points. Defense played well enough to win. Um, and new rookie quarterback, you want to give him a, as many weapons as as possible. A uh, lot of question marks, but I think Kyle will will do what's best. But I would love to see Mostert back. He's he's the biggest guy that I that I want to see back. Yeah, I expect Raheem Mostert, and I also expect Trent Sherfield to be back. Jeff Wilson, Mohamed Sanu, Ross Dwelly. Um, I, I don't expect any of those guys to be back. I, also, Juwan Jennings is technically a free agent. He's restricted. He's going to be back as well, so not even mentioning him in this. And also, we're not really talking about any of the restricted guys um, throughout all of these free agents. Like Most of those guys are going to be back. Like DFF, he's going to be back. Aziz, he's going to be back. Like there's, there's a bunch of names where if you look at like the full free agent list, you see that, but they're all going to be back pretty much. Um, but for the unrestricted free agents, Ray Moster, last year he made $2.9 million. I think it is very likely that he comes back on a one-year, $3 million deal. He gets about eight touches a game, like really like eight touches a game. That's not that much, but every once in a while he's going to pop one of those off for a touchdown, and having that big play threat, having another big play threat is going to be so big for this offense. Trent Sherfield, I mean, if if you ever see a Trent Sherfield tweet or Instagram post or anything, all he talks about is how much he loves being a 49er and how much he loves his opportunity here. He's going to be back. I'm pretty confident in that one. Um, and he's a guy that you didn't really get to see much of him. Super hyped up in, in training camp and, and preseason. Um, but as a depth piece for your receiver room, that's solid. That's a very, very solid guy to have. He's not going to cost very much either. So Reem Moser, Trent Sherfield, you could probably get these back for a combined like $4 bucks. I think that'll be the case. I don't expect Reem Moser to like come in there and be the number one back and rush for 1,000 yards. I really don't. I think he's going to rush for like 600 yards if he played the whole season. Like, I, I think he's going to play a much more limited role, but that, all right, he's going to come in there. He's going to get that big run. He's going to pop a, you know, a 90 yard touchdown, 80 yard touchdown, whatever it is, as we've seen him do so many times. So I think it's more likely that he plays that kind of role. Also, another thing kind of interesting is we've seen some, uh, some coaches do this um, now. What if you just kind of wait? You don't, you just kind of bench him. You don't really play him. He gets a couple carries every week. And oh, playoff time comes around, and oh, let's just let's just let Raheem Mostert run a bunch of the, you know, let's get 15 carries one game when it's a, a favorable matchup. I think we could also see Kyle Shanahan employ that kind of strategy, which I would be a big fan of. But I, I don't think also like other other thing on this, if Mostert and Sherfield aren't back, I don't think it's like oh, Niners are they're screwed. Like no, I I think they're going to be able to replace these guys. I think they are replaceable players. However, Mostert does have that aspect to his game where it's like. You're just not going to find a guy that just is that quick and that fast because Elijah Mitchell and him run a similar 40. There's no way that you watch Raheem Moster and Elijah Mitchell and tell me that which one's like faster. The cutback speed, the ability to just stop in one direction and turn around and go upfield, Mostert is very, very good in that department. So I, I think that he'll be back. Um, and I hope he is. I hope he is because I do think that is a, a, a very valuable thing to this offense and something that even though Elijah Mitchell is a very fast player, I don't think we saw like that big pop play in the run game. And I think that's something that the Niners kind of missed. And yes, their offense was good. You know, Debo had such a great year. You have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you have all these guys. But I think that's something that they need to try to find again because you go back to 2019, that's where they had a lot of their offensive success or their offense success. Um, so I don't know. I, I like that kind of move for them uh, to bring them back on a one year, $3 million deal, one year, $2 million deal. Nothing much, but just a little bit there. But all that said, I, I think that pretty much covered all of the 49ers free agents. So 
Aiden, anything you want, you want to add before we take off out here? Uh, just quickly, I think if Mostert comes back, the Niners have the best running back room in the entire league. Uh, Mitchell, Mostert, I think Sermon's going to be fine. And, and Debo, I mean, we, we got to count him as a part of the room. Maybe he's not RV1, but definitely needs to be a, a, a part of the room. I think that's the best core in, in the entire league, just based on the different things they can do. And how nice would that be for Lance to just lean on, uh, to have a stable of backs and like they're they're going to bring back a guy like Trenton Cannon just to do special teams, who is going to be a fine fifth-ish running back. Say everybody goes down, like he'll he'll be okay because we dealt with so many running back injuries this past year. Um, I feel super excited about that room in in particular and how much pressure it is going to take off of the uh, second-year quarterback. And really, it's just going to allow Shanahan to do so many different things running the ball. Uh, which he wants to do arguably more than throwing the ball. Uh, so super excited to see that. Yeah, and also I, I like your statement of saying that it's the best running back room and you bring in Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel has to be brought up in that category. He's going to get touches next year. He basically scored a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, like every single week for like the last half of the season. And he averaged over six yards a carry. Like he's a great, he's a great running back or a wide back um, as he refers to himself, but I'm with you there. I mean, I think this is a really, really talented group. And you don't you might not have like a super high end guy, but you do with Debo Samuel. It's just that he's not getting the volume that, you know, a Derrick Henry's getting or, you know, one some of these elite running backs are. But I still think as a committee, like this is a really good group. And overall, they're gonna put up good numbers. So bringing him back, having different types of players, having a physical runner, uh, two physical runners and Elijah Mitchell, uh, Debo Samuel, a very, very fast player and really most are that one cut kind of back. And then you have the receiving back out of the backfield that I expect Trey Sermon to be used a lot more this year. Uh, and I think a lot of people are just like totally out on him. That's what happened to Damian Williams in New England too. Like he didn't play at all as rookie year. And then he came in and he was a very, very huge contributor for them. So I think a lot of these guys, like, especially in running back, everyone, you, oh, you gotta, you gotta produce immediately. Not everyone does that. And I don't think the plan ever was to have Trey Sermon do that either. Um, so I do think we're going to see more of him too, but now, excited for all these free agents, um, and I, I think that's pretty much going to do it for the segment. One thing I will add before we take off, we're going to be posting two times a week, podcast-wise, full episodes, so this will get posted as a full episode, but we're also going to take these clips and cut them up and discuss, you know, have segments for each of them, so people that maybe just want to listen to, oh, you know, what do you think about Kwaski Tart? They can just get Kwaski Tart stuff, so if you are listening to the full episode, that's awesome. Um but realize that there are going to be little segments from that. So you don't have to, you know, rewatch all those, but just wanted to, to put that out there for everyone on YouTube watching. Um, but with all that said, thank you all again for listening. And we'll be back on Sunday talking about some 49ers football. Uh, so yeah, thank you. And hopefully a lot of these 49ers are resigned and you keep the talent in house.